So you may remember we left the last two verses of the book of Revelation until today. If you want, you can read along with them on page 1009, the last two verses of the book of Revelation. Page 1009. So this book that's been full of trumpets and seals and prophecies and dragons and beasts, it ends with this. Revelation 22, verses 20 and 21. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. And you may think, well, why didn't we just finish this two weeks ago? Why did you wait until now? Because now we are in the season of Advent. You see, the church has liturgical seasons. And Advent is actually the start of the church year. And so two week, last week was the first Sunday in Advent. This is the second Sunday in Advent. And Advent is the four weeks that lead up until Christmas. It's the first season in the church year. So Advent is actually like the first Sunday of Advent is like Happy New Year to the church day. That's when it all starts. So it goes from Advent, and then we celebrate Christmas, and then there are 12 days of Christmas from Christmas Day, January, uh, December 25, to January 6, which is Epiphany. So the 12 days of Christmas is not a countdown to Christmas. It's actually a 12-day festival of Christmas. So you all, if you're late getting somebody a gift, you don't give it to them until January 4, you are totally fine. <laughs> so on, on January 6, we celebrate Epiphany, which is often known as the Feast of the Kings or the Magi. And there are some cultures and some countries, maybe you're from them, that they waited for the gift giving on that day to remember when the Magi gave their gifts to Jesus. And if you all, again, want to have like a bonus gift giving day on January 6, you should. That would be liturgically appropriate. So then the season of epiphany or revelation or aha moments, that's kind of what epiphany is about, goes until Lent. Lent starts on Ash Wednesday. There are 40 days in Lent. And then we have Easter. Very good. Yes, yes. I hope most of you would get that. Lent goes until Easter. And then we have Easter tide until the Feast of Pentecost. And that's the day when the Holy Spirit was revealed to the church. And then we have what is very creatively titled Ordinary Time. An ordinary time goes right up until Advent. Now, you think, okay, that was interesting. Why are you telling us this? Because it's really important for us to remember that the church year begins with waiting. It doesn't begin with a Christmas party. It doesn't begin with Easter. When the people were putting together the liturgical year of the church generations ago, they said, this is how it starts. We start by waiting. And it's not just as we've hyped it up now, this waiting someday for Christmas to come, this waiting of the Advent calendar of like opening another door, a little window, or getting a little treat, like it's Christmas and we're all waiting for Christmas. Yes, and more importantly, what we're waiting for is the return of Christ. So Advent is a time to remember, indeed, yes, Jesus came once, but really, the season is preparing for when he comes again. That's Advent. 
The colors of Advent, by the way, are purple and blue. If you've ever wondered, what color is this liturgical season? (laughs) Just look up and you will know. Or you can look at how I've dressed appropriately to match the banners. That doesn't always happen, but every now and then. So each liturgical season has a color, each liturgical season has a rhythm, but it all starts with Advent waiting and a reminder that the church is longing for Jesus to come back. Now, between when Jesus came the first time and when he comes again, it's not like the church is just standing here. And it's not like Jesus is just standing somewhere like, is it now, Dad? Can I go now? I'm ready to go now. Jesus is still revealing himself to the church. Sometimes almost as obviously as when he was teaching and healing and preaching. The book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus. It's Jesus showing up to these seven little churches and saying, I know you, I love you, I have your back. Let me tell you how this all works out. Jesus reveals himself. And Jesus continues to reveal himself to us. Jesus may reveal himself to you by convicting you of something that you think, I really need to stop doing that. He may reveal himself to you by saying, it's time for you to forgive that person. He may reveal himself to you through a beautiful conversation with a friend, through prayer, through scripture, through worship. There are lots of ways in which Jesus reveals himself to us. And when we talk about these things with each other, when we give testimony to what Jesus is doing in us, we are strengthening and building up the church. Now, you may remember back in Revelation 12, there was this image of the people of God as a woman. You remember this? The people of God as a woman, and the woman gave birth, and then the woman was protected and nurtured and cared for. And we said that the woman was a representation of the people of God throughout history. And we said that when the people of God throughout history give testimony to what God has done, is doing, and will do, it's like the woman just punching the devil in the face. And just so that we all remembered this, we had this image that we used. There it is. That is the church. That is you. When you give testimony, when you say, this is how Jesus is revealing himself to me, this is what God is up to in my life, and in so telling, you strengthen other people around you, it's like, bam, crush the enemy. And so tonight, what we're going to do is give testimony. We're going to pass out uh, paper, and it's carbon paper. So we're going to pass out pens and paper, and we invite you to finish or answer this question. How has Jesus revealed himself to you this semester? Jesus has revealed himself to me, and you don't have to write that all down. Jesus has revealed himself to me. You can just start with through, by, in. All right? So you're going to write that down, 
what, however God, Jesus has revealed himself to you, then you're going to tear these pieces apart. You're going to keep the white one, and you're going to bring the yellow one up here. And with one of these cool pieces of tape, we got purple, we got red, we got blue, we have, is that silver or gold over there? Gold over there, silver's over here. And you're going to take the yellow part, and you're going to tape it on this very cool canvas that Angie painted, Angie right there. That's been the background for our slides, for those of you who can't see it. To remind us that Jesus is our alpha and the omega. And we've talked about he be, he's the beginning and the end, and he holds all the pieces of our lives in between. So you're going to take that cool tape, and you're going to tape your testimony on the board. And if you want, before you tape your testimony on the board, if you want to come to one of these mics and just read what you have on the card, and then go tape it on the board, that is perfectly lovely, and we would love to hear from you. When you have taped the yellow part on the board and you've dropped your pen in a basket up here, you get a cool sticker of the woman punching the devil in the face. Yes. Yes. Who doesn't want to give a testimony now? Right? So that's what we're going to do. So um, we're going to pass out the baskets in just a second, complete the sentence, write it down, come up, read it into the mic if you want, and then uh, tape the yellow one on and take the white one home, drop the pens in the basket. I think I've covered all the details. Excellent. Good. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not get tired of revealing yourself to us. Thank you that that revelation is sometimes really clear. And you tell us that there are things we need to do differently. And sometimes it's a word of comfort. Sometimes it's provision. Sometimes you give us a job. Sometimes you help us reconcile with a friend or a parent. You reveal yourself over and over and over. And so we pray tonight that we will be bold to say what you have done in us. That we will be bold to tell things we will talk about conquering, that we will talk about victory, that we will talk about endurance and patience. And we pray that through our testifying, the church is strengthened. And that, as John says at the very end, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with all of these saints. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Could pass the things out. Thank you. So take your time. The mics are ready when you are, and we'll just enjoy this time together. Snowflakes now. Like falling down. Um, so I'm just going to read some of these and then try and tape it back up. By bringing healing in my relationship with my mom. through chapel skits, dorm fellowship, and morning devotions. My sisters I live with, they care for me the way they laugh. They like to make food. <laughs> I realize I've been placing my personal desires above my relationship with God 
instead of trusting him to provide what I need. It's something I'm still working on, but he won't give up on me. As personal conqueror and healer, by revealing to me sin, as provider and delighted collaborator through the opportunities I have to enjoy the world and its creator, by teaching me to trust in him when I get scared or I'm worried about something, teaching me to trust in him more and letting tomorrow worry about itself, also that he is all I need and I am already so blessed by him. Change can be a good thing and letting go isn't bad. By helping me to love myself when I thought no one else did. In the times and places where I felt the least control, the best and most exciting parts of my life, my plans for next semester, my friendships, my leadership role, these aren't the way I would have designed them for myself. God has also revealed recently that I honestly (laughs) suck at this sometimes. I crave control. My first thought on any matter is turned inward rather than upward. The challenge of ridding myself of myself is a way God is really working on my heart right now. And I think we all kind of suck at it sometimes. Forcing me to rely on him in many parts of my life, through the Holy Spirit, through family, through love, to professors and mentors and others displaying Christ in their lives to me, you're pushing me to face fears in order to be free in him. Through dwelling in faithful community. Through prayer. Since classes started in the fall, I've gone on morning runs every other day. During those runs, I've started to use that time to pray. And one day I realized that I had not prayed for my dad in a while. My dad is not a Christian, so I prayed when I was little that he would know Jesus. However, it gets tiring to pray the same prayer day after day, and I started to believe it wasn't possible. However, on my runs, God reminded me to not give up on my dad. As I began praying for my dad, I sensed that God was changing my heart too. Now my morning runs are my favorite part of the day. Through my church family. through Christ-centered friendship and accountability. I can't read this one very well. (laughs) By blessing good, uh, it's good, it's just good things. (laughs) 